Welcome to Energy Matters in the Classroom with Robin Berlinski, the show that highlights and celebrates the kinetic and potential energy in classrooms across the globe and why it matters. We're heard nationally wherever fine podcasts are available and weekly on the radio at Charleston, South Carolina's 1250 WTMA Sunday mornings at 8 o'clock from right here at our home base in Charleston, South Carolina. We invite your questions and comments when you visit our official website at robinberlinski.com. That's R-O-B-I-N-B-E-R-L-I-N-S-K-Y.com. One of the highlights of the show also, of course, is bringing in wonderful guests that we have, well, you find, Robin. I mean, you're the, the queen of this. And let me introduce our guest for this podcast. Her name is Radia Baxter. She is the Director of Programs and Education at the Sheriff Al Cannon Detention Center. She is responsible for developing and creating programs and partnerships to assist incarcerated citizens and residents in changing their mindset to greatly impact themselves, their families, and their communities. Wow. And welcome. (laughs) Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure, Robin, and yourself. Um, I'm the nameless one. We don't care. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, But it's it's a pleasure to have me. Um, I am really appreciative of this opportunity um, because, again, uh, the work that I do, it isn't about me. It's about our residents. It's about their families. It's about our community. You know, we are collectively in this social space of offering second chances. And um, I'm just uh, elated and elated that you allowed me to come in your space. I lean in when Radia talks. I am so excited to learn your story and more about you because you do so much and you do care so much about the community. Oh, well, thank you. I mean, it's an honor, you know, to work alongside colleagues as yourself, you know. Um, You know, when we're given a a task um, and I, from God, I, that's the way I look at it. You know, we have a responsibility and a commitment to ourselves, our family, our children, and our legacy in our community to make sure that we're doing the right thing. And that's all I, the tasks assigned to me by God, and I'm taking a hold of it and doing what I, what I need to do in order to make sure that I'm doing what he said. Oh, and that's what we want to talk about. I want to know what, what you do. But go ahead, Ron. Yeah, no, so where, where did this all begin? I mean, uh, it was more than just an enlightened moment. People are typically drawn to things that maybe there's something personal that happened in your life or uh, an impact you wanted to make. What is that whole background story for so, you? Uh, so my story is, is um, I'm an Army brat. I'm uh, born in Fort Campbell, Kentucky. My dad was a drill sergeant. He was also a um, air traffic controller. And, um, you know, being uh, in the military, you know, you travel constantly and whatever. And my mom was like, listen, I can't do this traveling thing anymore. <laughs> so um, she, my dad moved her to Columbia, South Carolina while he continued uh, his service. Uh, he did like 28 years in, in the military. Wow. And so um, when we got to Columbia, um, my mom is originally from Somerton, South Carolina. She is a descendant of the B- Brown versus the Board of Education. So it was always entrenched in us to fight, 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 fight for quality of life. And so with that being said, we did um, social engagement, civic engagement. That was what we we went to school. We went to work and then we participated in the community. And so that was our legacy. That was where that was born at. And then um, when it became time for me to go to college, I had Walford, Furman, uh, LSU, and College of Charleston. 
And um, my mom was like, I was like, I want to go to LSU. My mom was like, no, I'm, you're the my <laughs> oldest, so you better choose Charleston. So I chose Charleston. And 25 years ago, I came to Charleston to attend uh, the College of Charleston. I was a little 17-year-old, didn't know anything. And then I ended up, um, I would say, uh, um, making a, a mistake. And I ended up having a son. And my son, he actually, my daughter just reminded him, in 15 days, he will be 24. And so, um, you know, I was like, oh, like a fish out of water. I knew nobody here. And I was like, but I'm not raising my son somewhere else. So I got to learn the community. I have to interrupt for this. So 15 days is November 18th. Is that right? That's correct. That's also my birthday. Oh, oh, wow. So go ahead. And so um, I, uh, I learned the Charleston community by driving cab. Wow, and I was like, you know, not just to not to make money, but to I needed to see where I was going to make stake ground for my children, and so I just drove cab. I began learning the community members, you know, and it just empowered me because I met so many people that wasn't given a second chance, and I felt that people were so much against me of not giving a second chance. So here we are um, 24 years later and, you know, I've done work in uh, community engagement, empowerment, political campaigns, um, just civically, just partnerships, nonprofits, business. I've worked for Motley Rice, marketing. I've, I've done it all business-wise, ran a taxi cab company for the longest. Um, but, you know, Fast forward 24 years, my son, my oldest son, graduated from Howard University last year. He played Division One football, and he's a mechanical engineer and works at a firm. Congratulations. And all around the nation. You did something right, yeah. didn't you? Right. So I if that. I could have a start or a beginning, you know, being, oh, my goodness, I can't believe I'm in this space, then why can't I offer that to somebody else? And so that has been where I have always been focusing on providing second chance opportunities to folks who think that they don't have that opportunity, changing mindsets, you know, because I could have, you know, given what was told to me or, you know, people were not for me at that time, I could have given up, but I can't. You know, and I want to show other folks that just because you're at a pause moment in life, that doesn't mean you have to give up. You use that pause moment to reevaluate, to reemerge yourself, to take a hold what's available for you positive, to change your mindset, do some cognitive behavior therapy. And then once it's time for you to move out of the pause moment, you got all the tools and resources to make a difference. And that's where... All of wow. that came you're from. like living, breathing what a lot of your students are going through. Yes, yes. And you know, they're phenomenal because one is I always tell them I am so grateful for them to trust me. And it is trust. Yes, because you know, they first of all, they already have an issue with trusting themselves, but for to allow me to tr- for them to trust me to push them in ways that they've never been pushed before. Because sometimes, you know, when you're in a pit, you only see what's the dirt around it. You never see the potential of what's outside of that. You never see that. And so, um, you you have to and when they're in that pit 
thinking, you have to provide some positive thinking for them. So that way they can say, okay, yes, I'm just in this pit for a second or in this pause time, but let me make, let me think of it as a pause time versus a pit time. I love that. You know, what's interesting is Radia is not unlike any of the other entrepreneurs that have come in. You reinvented yourself and created a career from nobody came to you and said, we want you to do this. You didn't open up a newspaper and add, you know, look for a one ad. You created your future. Yeah, and you know, I never thought of it like that. I was just doing the work. You know, I I wanted to ensure that my kids had a legacy to live by. I have two other kids. One is um, he'll be twenty three in December. He's getting ready to graduate from South Carolina State, and then I have a seventeen year old daughter, and I wanted to ensure that my foundation, what the tools and resources that they give me to get here, I wanted my children to have the same thing. And not only my children, but just the the folks that I come in contact, the community members, the, our incarcerated citizens, our residents, our just our young folk, you know, I wanted to be able to instill that same value into them. Um, I call it, also call it generational wealth. You know, um, yeah, and, I, and I always tell people, when I say generational wealth, I'm not talking nothing about money. I'm talking about intellect. I'm talking about community relationships. I'm talking about partnerships. I'm talking about cognitive behavior therapy. I'm talking about those kind of things that you can pass the baton on it and nobody can ever take that away from you. Wow. So let me ask you this. The the idea of working with incarcerated folks, was that an idea you had and you went to somebody or somebody came to you? So because- I, I actually, uh, the sheriff, she came to me and she said, this is what I want you to do. And I that said, she already knew who you were and, and what you yes, were. Uh-huh. Yes. And um and I, I am so grateful to her. Um she saw something in me that I didn't see in myself. And that's phenomenal. Um I am so appreciative appreciative of it. Um and with her vision, her vision of changing mindsets, you know, that's aligned with what I was always taught and I was always brought up. You know, um to give people opportunities and access to opportunities so that they can move differently. You know, their families. I mean, you guys, um, in this educational program, when the uh, residents are able to talk to their families, the uh, the way that they talk to their families is different after they've had these experiences. You know, I have one gentleman, um, his daughter was in a sociology class. And he was in a sociology class with Trident. They were able to have a dialogue that was so much different. He was helping her. She was helping him. And just in seeing his face and how light up he was, that he could provide this kind of engagement with his daughter who had some trust issues with him before. But now they had something where they could talk similarly and that they could build on. It was incredible. That's wonderful. So do you have classes? How does this work? What's the system? Do they come to you as like you're their teacher in a classroom? So actually I am over partnerships. So we have have a a partnership with Trident. And what they do is they offer um, classes or they offer associate level degree tracks. And so we have nine to 10 students that are on right currently that are on uh, business management associates track. And so they 
provide uh, our professors um, with um, classes where they have Monday and Wednesday or Tuesday and Thursday, and we do it for a semester. So far, this is our seventh semester, and the classes that they're taking isn't just like, you know, intro to math or whatever. They're taking their business courses, financing, they're taking business law. I mean, it's a real track of, of obtaining their associate's degree, and our classes are mainly virtual, um, we also have a partnership with uh, the College of Charleston. Uh, they provide an entrepreneurship class um, every Wednesday from 9.30 to 11, and it's phenomenal. Um, our residents are doing business plans, learning how to um, communicate with each other. Um, it's just it's, it's, it's different, it's, but it's empowering to them because they can see more than where they're at in their pause time. Um, we had the Citadel come and do a, a critical thinking class, which was phenomenal, yes. you know, um, that helped with the cognitive behavior therapy. We have Turn 90. Um, they come in and offer cognitive behavior therapy. And actually, our class, our third class, third session starts today. Um, which is incredible. I mean, we've had a change in, you know, behaviors. Um, it's just it's just phenomenal to be able to offer different opportunities and access to those opportunities. And these are when you say residents, these are so it's, it's so uh, in our you know in our world and the term that most people use is inmates. Um, but I use incarcerated citizens or residents, you know, and so does the sheriff, because if you so as you think that is what you are, love it, you know. So if you can think of you are a resident at this pause time and what you're going to do with this pause time, then you think differently than and being the, an inmate. That was my other point. Pause time. I absolutely love that. And to your point earlier, when you said your mistake when you were 17 years old, is now a blessing. It like, is. You know, I just that I just am so drawn to that story, how you, like you said, could have gone many different ways. And the life you've created for yourself and your children is nothing short of amazing. Yeah. And, I, you know, I'm just appreciative of the of the village also, you know. Um, and, and my kids are great. My kids are wonderful. But also I mentor to other kids, too. And they're great. You know, yeah, you know, I want everybody to realize that sometimes you do, we do make mistakes. You know, we do have different choices that we make. But that doesn't mean we have to stay right there. You know, um, and, and, you know, again, we're going to have some naysayers, but that's all in the process where that's the community. That's everything you would want that you and I always tell my kids, you never want to have the outlook of everything is perfect. You know, because once you start looking at that, everything is perfect. You're not ready for what may come, you know. That's a good way to look at it. So if the sheriff were sitting here right now, what would she say is like one of the great positive changes that she's witnessed in the in the residential population over there? Because obviously it's doing something uh, something wonderful. So I, I think she so if she was here, she would say one is is kudos to her staff. Um, and I'm not talking about just civilians. I'm talking about our detention staff um, because it takes a team, you know, um, to be able to provide these opportunities to the residents. You know, I think she is, she loves her staff. Uh, again, like I'm saying, I'm not just saying civilian. I'm saying detention officers um, because 
again, this all has to work together. We all have to work together. They have to commit to time, you know, and we're not talking about just the seat time of being there, but also mind space. Um, she would also say, you know, our residents are thinking differently. They are behaving differently. Um, you know, um, we, they're making different choices. They, these residents are also thinking about how they can help others. And, you know, and that's a part of her vision is always, you know, providing access to opportunity and for opportunities to change mindsets to help others, you know, because of where they're at, they decide, okay, we don't want juveniles to do the same thing over and over and become back here like what we are. So they are doing things, you know, um, one of the things they thought about was, you know, creating programs or how do you, how do you get other folks involved in funding other programs that help with mentorship or help with just even providing activities or events or programs for children, you know, um, that that kind of thing. And so we've been building strategic alliances, partnerships with other folks for them to understand that these organizations are out here. How do you support them? You know, if your capacity is only to provide funding, they need that. Um, if it's to provide mentors, they need that. If it's even to provide a building, they need that. So what you can give, what your capacity can give, that organization is really appreciative. So I think she would just be, that. those would be her kind of things. Um, you know, she, the juvenile space, she's doing wonderful work by that. Um, our juveniles are no longer, you know, when they go to school, they have on polo shirts and khaki pants. You know, um, they are very attentive. We have a relationship with Charleston County School District. We have a relationship with um, the Charleston County Adult Education. I mean, we just, we're building so many partnerships, um, mental health, um, just so many different that way we can provide a space of continuum of care, not only for the incarcerated residents, but for their families and for the community as a whole. Wow, you are such a visionary. <laughs> Looking outside your office, I'm sure you have an office, and you just go out beyond that to see how you can serve and help these people. Yeah, and I think, again, I think, you know, we have to continue to have the village mindset, you know, and then we also have to realize that, you know, our roles, you know, everybody's role isn't the same and we don't want it to be the same um, because what you may bring to the table Maybe something else that somebody else, but you're taking the lead, you know, you're providing that instruction or that mentorship or, you know, that connection, you know, um, or even the thought process, you know, so it's been, it's, it's, it's just phenomenal to be in a village space. So you mentioned naysayers, there's always going to be naysayers, but what does the general public not know about this program? That they need to know, and and how you're changing lives. And you know, look, not everybody was raised the same. Not everybody had the same opportunities. And maybe this is the first time in many of these people's lives where they have had somebody who cared about them, somebody who wants to educate them and, and let them help change their lives in some way. Yeah, and I think uh, so. A couple of things. One is is um, you bring up a valid point. A lot of um, folks have had to make decisions because they had no choice. And I'm not saying that that's right. I'm um, just being, you got to be, re, you got to be in reality. Um, and so they don't know that if I would have made this choice on the other end, I would have been somewhere else differently. So you have to provide opportunities and access to opportunities for them to think differently. So that a lot of that is being happening 
back at the jail, and which is great because that's what we don't want to have people continually come back because of bad decisions. We want to change that. And a lot of that is going on, you know, through various, uh, through the staff, civilian and detention officers, through programs, through stakeholders, a lot of that. Um, And I just, you know, wish that uh, folks would give people a second chance. That would be, you know, phenomenal. Um, and, and again, I don't want anybody to think that, you know, I'm just, you know, I endorse or criminal behavior because I don't. Um, I really don't. But I know some, I know there are people who have made decisions and we have to, we have to empower them to make better decisions so they won't return and so they can be impactful community members and do the right thing. That's what I'm about, doing the right thing. Well, that's great. I love the second chances, and you're definitely giving them the tools to rethink the past and how to make decisions differently. Mm-hmm. I have a question about energy. So this podcast is called Energy Matters mm-hmm. in the classroom, which your classroom is a little different, but still the same. Mm-hmm. And my question is about energy and energy in your residence. Do you see different, like at the beginning, is there some resistance? Are they so at first, at first, you know, there is resistance. And again, that has to do with trust. You know, not necessarily trusting, you know, everybody else, but they got to trust themselves. And so they are resistant, like, hey, I don't know if I can, you know, be present and intentional in this space. And so I, to them, I'm like, you can. You can. It's, you just got to. Take that little one step. You can. And I, you know, I'm very, um, I bring that energy to them. You know, we we shake hands. You know, we look each other in the face. You know, I want them to realize this pause moment or bubble moment that they're in, we, we're all about great energy. You know, now that doesn't mean there isn't, you know, times for conflict resolution or, you know, let's talk about it. Let's have some town hall conversations about where we are at now and how do we move forward? How do we make the correct decision? But, you know, every day we take our team takes it as, okay, this is day one, day two, day three, but this is how we're bringing it. We're giving it all we can. We're going to celebrate our wins. We're going to investigate our our losses, and we're going to see how we move forward and how we navigate through this system. Love that. So I, I always love asking, and this is kind of a personal question, but what sort of feedback have you gotten either from residents, from family members, who have made you feel like, you know, I am making a difference and wow, that made my day and wow, that just really empowers me to keep going. So the residents, you know, um, they've said when I first started, they were like, oh, this lady seems like she's kind of (laughs) crazy. You know, I don't know about that. And then now they're like, all right, let's go. Let's go. Let's get it. it. Let's go. You know, we're, yes, we can do this. They have that mindset. Um, families, uh, it, you know, I it's to me, for us to provide these opportunities, we got to make sure we check in with our families. You know, and at first, they're like, is this really happening? Pinch me. You know, because they're so used to what was before, you know, where their resident was making bad choices, you know, and they're used to going through that journey. And so now the journey looks a little different and they're like, again, trust. 
Do I trust this? Do I trust this? And so we have to have continual talks, continual conversation, continual engagement to let them know that, yeah, this is a different journey. You know, yes, let's appreciate it. But all both of us or all of us collectively as a community have to realize now there might be a time they might have to slip or they might. But we're in this. This is better than what it was before. So it's 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 been phenomenal. You know, um, you have some of them, you know, say, oh, I don't know if this is going to work. And then you keep challenging them. And then, they, you know, after month after month and like, yes, this is working. You know, they express gratitude. Um, so it, it's it's a work in progress. It's a and it's a beautiful journey. You know, I wouldn't take it back for anything. You know, I love what I do. Um, I love the sheriff's vision. I love working and doing exactly what it is that I was called to do my assignment. Oh, that's, that's clear. That's obvious. I, I wonder, I want to know about any conversations or do you know any history? Have they shared with you their experiences in school? And like if you could answer that in 30 seconds, we're in great K shape. K through 12. I just want to know what they <laughs> Oh, so, so about their K to 12, uh, K through 12, they have had bad experiences. That's, that's kind of what I wanted to yeah, feel. Is, yeah, they've yeah. had bad experiences. And so this is um, helping them, uh, this is helping them funnel through that because that has, that's really a traumatic event. And so they have to go back and try to uh, not fix that, but, you know, release let it that release that memory, so that know. way they can move forward. Well, Robin, you never disappoint with the quality of guests that come Aren't they awesome? This. this is terrific. Our guest today has been Radia Baxter. She is the Director of Programs and Education at the Sheriff L. Cannon Detention Center. She's responsible for developing and creating programs and partnerships to assist incarcerated citizens or residents, as we now call them, in changing their mindset to greatly impact themselves, their families, and their communities. Boy, uh, we're going to have more information about you on Robin's website, which is robinberlinski.com. Write that down, R-O-B-I-N-B-E-R-L-I-N-S-K-Y.com. Uh, Robin, any last uh, comments for our, our new best friend here? <laughs> <laughs> Radia, thank you for everything you do. You bring your whole self to that whole program, and I'm just so honored to have this conversation with you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for allowing me to be in your space. I really appreciate it. You've been listening to Energy Matters in the Classroom with Robin Berlinski, the show that highlights and celebrates the kinetic and potential energy in classrooms across the globe and why it matters. We're heard nationally wherever fine podcasts are available and weekly on the radio at Charleston, South Carolina's 1250 WTMA, Sunday mornings at 8 o'clock, broadcasting from our home base in Charleston, South Carolina. And we invite your questions and comments when you fish, uh, visit our official website at robinberlinski.com. That's Robin, R-O-B-I-N-B-E-R-L-I-N-S-K-Y.com. And uh, we will see you next time, ladies. Great show. Thanks for being here. And uh, adios. Adios.